Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On our visitor's edition today, we'll be joined by Hawaii radio play-by-play voice Bobby Curran. First, my view from Section 17 to get us started. Nothing much has changed since Tuesday. The submarine has surfaced and Coach Harbaugh met with the media on Monday and did his radio and TV shows, but we didn't get much information and that's okay. We know Jim has decided on his starting quarterback, but we have to wait until Saturday to see who that is. We also know that at least 15 freshmen have made the two deep, but that has not been released, so we don't know who they are. We also know that the team with the most frequent flyer miles in college football arrived in Ann Arbor last night on Wednesday evening, and they will try and get their body clocks acclimated in the next few days. Hawaii opened the season in Sydney last weekend. I'm sure many of you saw that game against Cal, and they lost 51-31 to in a game that saw over 1,000 yards put up by both offenses. Not a lot of defense. They will be a good test, though, for our deep defense in the very first game. I'm ready, and I know you are, too. For the next few weeks, you can still get in on the soon-to-be-released interactive sports app that I've been telling you about. In October, it will be ready for action in the Google Play and iTunes stores. It will change the way we watch and interact with our favorite sports teams. For more info or a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and include your cell phone number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget to leave your cell phone number. It seems like I've been doing preview shows for this season since February. I don't know about you, but I am more than amped up for Saturday's opener. My guest on our visitor segment is Hawaii radio play-by-play voice Bobby Curran. Let me warn you, the sound quality is not the best at times. Uh, Bobby and I taped the interview while he was on the beach in Honolulu the other day. I mean, where else would you tape an interview in Hawaii, right? At any rate, the wind was playing havoc with his cell phone, so I apologize in advance for some of the noise. At any rate, let's get to it. Bobby Curran is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, 
and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. on our game day segment this week as we get ready for the big opener uh, coming up this Saturday is the radio voice of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Bobby Curran. Bobby, thanks for joining us. Happy to be with you. Well, you know, Bobby, uh, on on Saturday, well, Friday night here in the Midwest, a lot of us watched that Hawaii opener uh, in Sydney against Cal. It was a 51-31 loss for Hawaii. Very entertaining game. Uh, A lot of offense. Over a thousand yards to put up in that game. Very fast pace, but in the end, too many turnovers. You just can't give the ball up five times, can you? No, you really can't. And I just think that that narrative is really the one that I think the coaches at UH are kind of disseminating. I mean, there were three turnovers that were actual. I mean, two two uh, fumbles and a pick. But there was a fourth uh, situation where there was a penalty, a personal foul on a punt that not only moved the ball into Hawaii territory, it gave Cal the ball back. And in my mind, that's that was turnover number four. Well, and, and the way the game started, which uh, caught me by surprise as soon as we sat down, uh, here's the kickoff, and Hawaii tries an onside kick, which, of course, uh, backfired because Cal scored, which uh, put you behind the eight ball right away. But that was, uh, that was a pretty bold move to uh, start the season. Well, the way I look at that, that was sort of Nick Rolovich's message to the rest of the country. That is, okay, if we were playing Hawaii, you might have more talent. You might be expected and a big favorite. But we're we're playing this to win now. We're not really we're not afraid, and we're going to be aggressive. And I think that was as much statement as it was anything else. Well, Saturday's game marked the beginning of the uh, the Nick Rolovich era as a head coach at Hawaii. Of course, he's no stranger to the program, uh, having played there as a quarterback. Tell us a little bit, Bobby, about Nick and the kind of offense, the kind of team we're going to see Saturday in the Big House. Well, what's funny is we got our first look. I mean, we didn't know entirely what to expect. He had grown up and come of age as a run-and-shoot quarterback. They like to spread people out. With Under June Jones, they threw the ball all over the lot. And then he was somewhat constrained. He learned the pistol offense under Chris Alt at Nevada, but you got the feeling when, because we played uh, against those Rolovich teams at Nevada that where he was the OC, and we were all kind of you know, surprised at times how often they would run it at the expense of throwing, which had not really been what we expected from Rolovich. As it turned out, he was a good soldier, but he was somewhat constrained there. So I expect you're going to see uh, you're going to see a 60-40 pass mixture from this team generally. Will that be the case against Michigan? I'm not sure. Hawaii was, I, I thought, at its best running football against Cal, I mean, the offensive line is the strength of this team. And we have a couple of pretty good running backs. You probably know this, Diosomy St. Justin, wears 22. I think he ended up at 118 yards. He's a, he is, in the words of one coach, he's an NFL guy. So I expect that they're going to use him a little bit more 
So mix in a couple of other. We got a thousand yard running backs having a hard time getting on the field from last year, eleven hundred yards actually. As you said, there are some nice pieces in that running game. I was surprised how well St. Just looked running the ball. He's a good looking runner, and Paul Harris looks good too. And Laka Laka, um, uh, hopefully that's how you pronounce his name. Sixty one yards. Yeah, you so. got that one right. In fact, he was awarded the MVP of the game. I, I don't know. I probably would have been more inclined to give it to St. Just, but. Uh, Laka Laka came in and did a very nice job for him as well. Well, you know, I thought overall the offense looked pretty good. Again, you just can't give it up five times uh, any time, not in the opener, not later in the season. Starting quarterback, and help me with the first name here, is it uh, Ikeka Wolseley? Uh, Ikeka, yeah. Ikeka, okay. That's a very common, actually, name in Hawaii. A little less common for a kid from California. Oh, well, I thought he looked pretty good. He was, what, 17 of uh, 34 in the game. Looked pretty sharp, uh, and looks like he has pretty good wheels, too. Uh, he has that sort of run aspect to his game. As he started before in previous seasons, the issue for him has never been his ability to throw the ball downfield. It's never been his ability to escape and even pick up first downs. It's, the, uh, it's a duck, 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 goose thing that he has. Good play, good play, good play, incomprehensible decision. <laughs> and, and that's really what it's been for his career, so... They're very hopeful that he has matured out of that, but we'll find out. Well, over on the defensive side of the ball, Bobby, uh, you know, you gave up 600 yards, which has to uh, hurt. Five starters back from last year, two from a secondary that only allowed 300-yard uh, passing game one time last year. And granted, they were put in tough situations uh, and quick changes on, on Saturday by their offense, so they struggled. Uh, talk about this defense and some of the, the key personnel and players we're going to see on that side of the ball and what kind of a defense they they want to be. Well, they want to be aggressive. They want to take the ball away. They didn't manage it against Cal. There were two key players that were suspended, two starters that were suspended uh, defensively uh, because of unspecified violations of team rules. One was actually one was sent home from the airport in Honolulu uh, and one, well, actually two were, but only one defender, and another one was sent home from Sydney. So that was a shocker because those players, uh, the two defensive players, are both seniors. One of them is probably Hawaii's best pro prospect on defense, and that, that hurt. I think the personnel situation hurt. Hawaii's a little small. They lost to a uh, year-long dismissal from the team of their best defensive lineman. He was involved in a off-campus situation that resulted in his dismissal from the team. Um, so Hawaii's a work in progress on defense. I mean, I, I do think they'll get those, they're expected to get the suspended players back for the Saturday. If they come back, they'll be a little better, but there's no question that the defense is the issue right now. And, and frankly, special teams didn't hurt help much either. Well, Bobby, most Michigan fans don't know a lot about this Hawaii team. I'm sure a lot of them tuned in to see the uh, the game on the weekend. Uh, I think we do know after this weekend they'll they'll have more frequent flyer miles than any other college football team. Uh, when did the team get back from Sydney over the weekend? Well, they actually Sydney's a day ahead, so that game was on I guess Michigan time on Friday evening. Yeah. Uh, so Hawaii was able to get back to Honolulu on Saturday. So they left Saturday and uh, early Saturday, what was actually right after the game on Saturday night from Sydney and got home still Saturday in Honolulu. So that helped. The other part that helps is, um, this is unusual for Hawaii, but they're chartering to Ann Arbor. And, and sometimes they have you know, they've taken commercial from Honolulu to the mainland and then, and then a charter from there. But 
Hawaii has to pay by conference agreement. They have to pay for all their opponents to charter, but they don't get to charter themselves. So they uh, have to fly usually commercial. Not this time. Hawaiian Airlines came up uh, with a uh, uh, an arrangement by which Hawaii would get a charter all the way, and that'll help someone. Oh yeah. You know, even Mountain West road games um, are long trips for Hawaii. There's no short hops, uh, but opening in Sydney, and then you're flying to Michigan, even if it's uh, nonstop on a charter for Saturday's game. I mean, that makes me feel tired just to think about it. In all the years you've been the voice of Hawaii football, Bobby, is this the toughest opening pair of games uh, the Rainbow Warriors have played? Yeah, I mean, I'll even go further and say it's the toughest opening month because Hawaii will come home after Michigan and have a relative breather in Tennessee Martin. But the following week, they go to Tucson to take on Arizona. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I mean, who, who does I, I think, I think it's fair to say Hawaii will have the toughest schedule in the country the first four weeks. Yeah, hard to argue with that. When does the uh, the team leave for Michigan, Bobby? They will be leaving Wednesday morning and we'll get there fairly late Wednesday. So they'll have a couple of days in Ann Arbor to get acclimated before the game noon on Saturday. What is the schedule like when they get in here? Are they going to have one, two days practice, uh, just walkthroughs? How do they adjust? My guess is they'll actually have something more resembling a, a regular practice on Thursday, and then they'll do kind of go into their day before walkthrough on Friday. So they'd like to, you know, getting there a little earlier helps kind of get yourself onto Michigan time a little bit. And uh, hey, one thing about Hawaii, they'll play hard, they'll stay together. I, no one around here is unrealistic. There's nobody that's thinking, oh boy, let's, uh, we'll cruise in Ann Arbor and pick up a W real, real quick. I don't think anybody, I think that what they hope to do, play hard. It's their you know, second game, especially against first. I don't know if you've probably heard every coach you've ever known say the same thing, that you never make as big an improvement as between week one and week two. So we'll see. Hope that, you know, while hang us out on that, try to maybe force a couple turnovers and not commit any and see see where it goes from there. No, you're right. That is something we hear coaches say over and over every year. Uh, the most improvement is between game one and game two, but most teams between game one and game two don't fly from Sydney back to Honolulu and then to the Midwest. I would think that travel schedule might negate any kind of advantage playing one game uh, has for Hawaii, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it, it really could, but the conscious decision was made. They booked the Sydney game very late. In fact, Rolovich was already on board when they did it. He was given the option, and I think if they, if you would have told him, okay, short term, you've got to win X games next season, your first year, it probably would have opted out of going to Sydney. But you know, he's in it for the long haul, and that's a terrific area uh, to recruit from for Hawaii. They've gotten a couple of very good players. They've had two punters including a second-team All-American, Scott Harding, last year from Australia. And they would like to keep that pipeline open. And they not only brought you know, the football staff ready to recruit in Australia, they brought several coaches from other sports down to Australia also because they're looking for a, a number of, of athletes, student-athletes, to head to the University of Hawaii from down under. Well, Bobby, in the first meeting between uh, Michigan and Hawaii, that was December of 1986. Bo Schembechler was coaching Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback for the Wolverines. And then Michigan traveled back to Hawaii in 98. Both games were uh, Ws for Michigan. Saturday's going to be Hawaii's first trip to the big houses. The fan base uh, pretty excited about the opportunity to see Michigan Stadium. It's funny. We, we probably will have a few more people 
heading to Michigan than we did to Sydney. And, and why had a pretty good contingent at uh, uh, ANZ Stadium in Sydney as well. So uh, surprisingly, but that, people are looking forward to it. And UH's athletic director, first-year athletics director, Dave Matlin, is a uh, University of Michigan graduate. So he obviously has told everybody who will listen all about the virtues of the big house. He's told them really how superior Michigan is to Ohio State in every possible way. So I think you can say that when he went to Ann Arbor, he drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> well, final uh, thought, Bobby. Uh, what do you think? I, I mean, we've talked about how tough this is uh, from a travel uh, perspective. But what do you think Hawaii would have to do on Saturday to have any chance of coming away with a, a win in the big house? Well, I mean, I, obviously you'd have to get up on Michigan quickly. You'd have to win the turnover battle by several. I mean, maybe if you got on them early and went plus. Well, I'm just saying in a perfect world because no one likes to think, oh, geez, we're going up there to get slaughtered. But I think people are realistic and understand that Michigan you know, is a top 10 program and and I know has aspirations to be much better than that, even under Jim Harbaugh. So we know that they've had a couple of good recruiting classes, are going to be solid at virtually every position. So it'll be an uphill battle. But you know, I think the whole mantra of uh, you know, play warrior and live aloha, that's what Hawaii will do when they get to Ann Arbor. Well, I'm sure they're not going to fly all this way not to put up a good fight. So it'll be a, a, an interesting day, and I'm sure a, a competitive football game in the big house for the opener. Uh, we'll see, though. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. I think the folks from Hawaii will uh, enjoy the trip to the big house. I think they might like it a little better than that trip down to Columbus. There you go. Okay. <laughs> with us today on our game day segment as we get ready for Saturday's big opener with Hawaii is the radio voice of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Bobby Curran. Bobby, thanks for taking time out from your busy schedule to join us. Enjoy your time here in Ann Arbor. Aloha, see you next weekend. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up on our visitor's edition of The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, we're ready for some Michigan football. Coach Harbaugh didn't say much about injuries this week. He never really does, just that we are in good shape for the opener. Here are some game day facts for you. Michigan leads this series two games to none. Both of the first two meetings were in Hawaii. A Jim Harbaugh-led Michigan team beat the Rainbow Warriors 27-10 in 1986. Then we went back in 1998 and came home with a 48-17 victory. First-year head coach Nick Rolovich is a former quarterback at Hawaii and is one of the youngest coaches in college football. He is 36. Hawaii was 3-10 last year and finished dead last in the Mountain West at 0-8. They returned nine starters on offense, five on defense. We've talked enough about their travels of the last week, and it will be interesting to see if they run out of gas in the big house late in the afternoon. Kickoff is scheduled for 12 noon, and the weatherman says the temps will be in the upper 70s with sunny skies and average humidity. It doesn't get any better for the home opener. Like us on Facebook at The Michigan Man. Follow us on Twitter at The Michigan Man. Our free show apps are available in the Google Play and iTunes stores. 
This month, we join the team on iHeartRadio, so we're easy to find. I hope you'll join us on Tuesdays and Thursdays each week during the season or whenever you get the chance to listen. For the next few weeks, you can still get in on the soon-to-be-released interactive sports app I've been telling you about in the last few weeks. In October, it will be ready for action in the Google Play and iTunes stores. It will change the way we watch and interact with our favorite sports teams. For more info or a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and include your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget your cell number. That will do it for our visitors edition. Let's tee it up and play some football. Next Tuesday, we'll recap the opener and look forward to a visit from Central Florida. The angel of the big house, Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News, will be with me. On Thursday, we'll be joined by UFC radio play-by-play voice Mark Daniels on our visitors segment. It's finally here. Enjoy the home opener. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. We'll see you again next week. Until then, take care, think victory, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!